Attention Talking Simpsons listeners, we have a special mini-series just for you. We're going through the entire first season of King of the Hill, and you can only hear it if you're a $5 and up patron at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. We're giving the Talking Simpsons treatment to all 13 episodes of King of the Hill's first season, and if you want a free sample, you'll find the first episode available for free in the Talking Simpsons feed. Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. It's the only place you'll find the first season of Talk King of the Hill. Made you go click, 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 click. It's real easy, man. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy, everybody. Welcome to Talking Simpsons, now nearly rectum free. I'm your host, the loaded with applesaucity Bob Mackey. And this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? Henry Gilbert, proudly sponsored by Butter Baby Flapjacks. And who do we have on the line? This is Andrew Jupin uh, from We Hate Movies, season nine fan still. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And today's episode is King of the Hill. That's what I call breakneck speed. <laughs> Mom, a man just died. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode mm-hmm. aired on May 3rd, 1998, and as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real-world history. <gasps> oh my god! Oh boy, Bobby! Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman got married, Spike Lee's He Got Game tops the box office, and Craig Kilborn is eyed as a possible man to replace Tom Snyder on The Late Show. Mm. So Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman still together, right? No. Oh, okay. no, no. <laughs> uh, if you clearly you haven't seen be before sunset or after sunset, mm. well, one of those two, it's pretty much Ethan Hawke just talking about his real divorce, but in character as that guy. But Tom Snyder uh, is dead. Yes. Uh, Craig Kilborn, whereabouts unknown? Mm, I th- he appears every now and then on like an ESPN thing or something. I think he just wants to not be famous now. I guess so. He. It's funny that he was the first Daily Show guy, but he, I guess he was known as the sportsman. Yeah. He was once a sportsman. Well, yeah, he came off a of sports center, which that's kind of what they originally envisioned the Daily Show as. So they just wanted like a jokey guy who, you know, he could make just the easy blowjob jokes with Monica Lewinsky. And there you go. And well, I mean, it was created by Liz Winstead, and I believe those two had some. Uh, clashes uh, behind the scenes that eventually led to his exit, but nobody remembers. Honestly, pre-9-11 Daily Show doesn't exist in many yeah, people's minds. That is true. It was just goofing on what, like, local interest stories, basically? Well, they'd find, like, weirdos yeah. and just be like, oh, so you replaced your teeth with rocks from your driveway. I kind of right. want to go back to that. <laughs> I kind of want to go back to that. But uh, Yeah, I was going to chime in and just say, I don't know if I'm showing my age here, but I very vividly remember the Craig Kilborn Daily Show and era, unfortunately, oh, no, to we, my own detriment. I think Henry and I both started there. I mean, it was a new Comedy Central show. We weren't not going to watch it. Yeah, we were right, losers right. like Smithers watching Comedy Central all the time. <laughs> it was that and then a part of my zinger right afterwards. <laughs> well, on his late show, like, he stayed on for like three or four years and then just straight up left. That yeah. that whole era, like, what was, it was him and then like Craig Ferguson? Craig Ferguson aggressively replaced him and I, from what I heard, he just cleared the board of most writers. He's like, we're starting over here and 
Craig Ferguson, he got a pretty good deal by, he had a deal kind of like Conan's. If he didn't replace David Letterman, then he got like a shitload of money. Mm. And he, so he got the best of both worlds. He didn't have to do more work and got paid millions and millions of dollars. And Craig Kilburn, I just remember his last episode he had on like most of his um, old school buddies. Cause I think that's what he's most famous for now. Oh, maybe the movie old school. He's like the jerk in an old school. I forgot about that. Weird. <laughs> But today's guest is Andrew Jupin of the podcast We Hate Movies. We are both huge fans, and he is the third We Hate Movies member of the crew we've had on our show so far. Hello, Andrew. Hey, fellas. How you doing? So, Andrew, we need to know about your relationship with The Simpsons, first off. Mm -hmm. Oh, my relationship with The Simpsons? Sure. So, uh, possibly, like most folks my age, it was the uh, cartoon in the late 80s, early 90s that was, like, sort of... uh, I wasn't banned from watching it, but my parents weren't, you know, entirely hip to it. And so, it was initially the thing that you snuck watching, you know, when, like, my older cousin was babysitting. It was the, the thing. And then, you know... My love affair with the first, I will generously say, 10 seasons of that show sort of blossomed from there. And now it's a thing that, you know, when we internally, you know, when we're in the studio here uh, uh, on We Hate Movies, we'll just, you know, sometimes just speak in Simpsons references and, you know, we all understand what we're saying. Like, I'm sure many people do. This isn't any sort of original explanation of my relationship (laughs) with the show. But, you know, that's just sort of where it's at now. It's a... It's a part of me, you know, will probably accompany me to my grave. (laughs) Yeah, outside of all of you guys being very funny, one of the reasons I wanted you on the show is because you all speak Simpsons like we do. So I know they'd be perfect for the show. (laughs) It's it's the language of a lot of podcasters. Absolutely. (laughs) I think that comes with the territory. I think if you're not well versed in, you know, the the Simpsons, then your your podcast might not last too long. (laughs) You might not be cut out for this industry. So, Andrew, because I've been listening to your show for, uh, I guess, eight or nine years, I know too much about all of you. And I believe uh, your dad uh, was or is a cop. Is that true? Yeah, my dad uh, has retired, uh, been retired for a while now. But he, for his career, was a special investigator with the the New York State Police Department. Well, was he not a fan of the Wiggum jokes? Is that why it was banned from your household? (laughs) No, you know, I have... It's so funny you say that. My dad, I have a very vivid um, memory uh, of my dad. He's totally still with us, by the way. It sounds like I'm talking in past tense here, but (laughs) there's an episode... I don't remember what episode it is, but the gag is Wiggum removed his belt and uh, his gut just explodes out of his pants and it's one of like the hardest times I've ever seen my father laughing just like in <laughs> tears fucking laughing at this cartoon and as me and my my two younger siblings got older it eventually became totally fine and my parents would often you know walk through the room and it was on and it would be fine but uh, no I don't think my dad ever took a, a f- offense to any Wiggum jokes That's good to hear <laughs> so you weren't taping it every day then I guess because you can't like with that kind of embargo on the Simpsons in your house. No, you know, we lived in a split level ranch, so it was easy enough to sneak the television on downstairs Mm. before dinner time or something like that and catch some Simpsons. So we didn't have to like hunker down in the middle of the night with it on barely, you know, above mute or something like that. 
Also, we're really, I, I'm doing a plug for you up front here. We're really lucky to get you on now because you guys are so busy with a, a ton of touring this this summer. You guys are doing it up. Yeah, totally. Um, we just, we had a big sort of like spring tour. In uh, a few days, we leave for Chicago to do a show. And I guess, you know, I'll just say it here. On Talking Simpsons, ooh, ooh. Uh, we haven't announced it yet, but um, this fall we're going to be doing a, a bigger uh, West Coast thing also. Ah, nice, yay. Yeah, I will be so there. Can, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, in, including, actually, uh, you guys in, in the Bay Area, so look out for that. Ooh. Info uh, TBA. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah, this episode uh, with King of the Hill, it was a hard one for me to rev- <laughs> tell you about. Like, So we're going to do King of the Hill. It's the power sauce one. <laughs> <laughs> when you finally did say power sauce, though, I, I did recall... I had a memory of this episode being called like Homer the Mountain. And I don't know if that's some like fucking Game of Thrones <laughs> seeping into my brain or something. Yeah, when I look um, at an episode guide, I'm like, what is this one? And then I remember <laughs> that it's the Power Sauce one. So yeah, it's a John Swartzwalder episode. So it's a mix of old timey stuff and then topical references. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, this is conceptually a very weird episode and also like in pacing too. This I think has the longest third act in Simpsons history. It's it's 10 minutes. It's a full 10 minutes. It's like a mini movie. Credits. Yeah. Mm. The way it's structured. Which is very strange. Like it's more often a very long first act that like gets up to 9 minutes, but instead the first two commercial breaks come like 5 minutes in. It is an oddly paced one though. Really Uh, I actually like where they cut for commercials in both cases uh, are really good jokes to go out out on. And that's uh, that's a difficult art of finding the right time to leave on a joke. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, this episode, I I, it really captures late 90s commercialism, too, of like it shows how the show is like growing in its pop culture commentary because Power Sauce. They wouldn't have made a joke about it in like 91, but by 98, these type of fake health bars really existed. Yeah, it feels like they've always been with us, but I guess they were a slightly newer product back then. I guess marketed in a different way. I very specifically remember my first like introduction to them was pretty much exactly around this time. I have an uncle who uh, at the time was a big cyclist. So he was so into the whole like power bar craze (laughs) thing. And it was like, it was actually, he was almost like Homer to the extent that there was a period of time where it seemed like that was all he was eating. $50 a day. That's a lot Homer gets up to there in the episode. This period of time, I also remember there, uh, it was semi-popular, these kind of like um, calorie goos. Oh, just yeah. Just sort of like a packet full of goo you would squirt into your mouth because who has time for chewing? I guess now that is sort of like what Soylent is. Oh, yeah. Except you're not running right. anywhere. You're sitting on a computer and uh, eating is not productive. Uh, this one episode had been on my mind a little lately because I am uh, back on my diet and it's no fun. It's uh, And I think this comes from the writers. They always talk about how much weight you gain. That's why they uh, writing on the show because you're just sitting all day and the only fun you have is eating yeah before iphones we we would hear bill oakley say before iphones they would just graze on candy all day because mm-hmm. they had nothing else to do to kill time but god that sounds like heaven <laughs> <laughs> uh well but then uh but then vacation comes and you gotta yeah <laughs> you're living in la so you probably feel even fatter than you normally would. <laughs> just think. constantly a uh, thin layer of sweat on you i mean as somebody who uh recently lost a little bit of weight the very uh depressing and frustrating thing is that of course uh, you know everyone has a 
different metabolisms and lifestyles and stuff, but it is as simple as having discipline and saying, I take in this many calories, I need to burn more. Mm-hmm. It's annoying that it's that simple. I hate that. Yeah, I it's like there's no that. trick to it. There's no magic uh, the apple bar you have to eat or anything like that. <laughs> in fact, you shouldn't eat apple bars. No. I, Apples are a useless <laughs> fruit. I, I'm, I'm back on my Chobani kick. It tells my brain I'm eating something, and uh, but it's just like 100 calories. That's my whole thing is like if you can just get over the oral fixation, you know, which I definitely have both the eating and smoking. So it's like like I just before we got on the air here, I just kind of pounded some uh, cauliflower pretzels. So it's mm. like, all right, that's a thing. You just ate a thing. That's fine. <laughs> my thing it's is actually just... nothing. But, you know, <laughs> my thing is just constantly drinking iced coffee all day. Mm. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, <laughs> that's zero calories, though, right? The way you drink it. You don't it's have true. any cream in it. Or and whatever. all the vibrating I'm doing will yes. burn even more calories. <laughs> yeah, that's like a whole other set of problems. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, this also this plot, though, comes from them wanting to find uh, Mike Skelly talks about it on the commentary. They had done so many Homer loses weight or Homer struggles with weight episodes. They were trying to find a new into it. And I think they did find a pretty novel one. Yeah. And uh, this episode is fairly relevant today because there was a recent news story about the cleaning of Mount Everest because all of these ah, idiots try to yes. climb it and die. Right, yeah. uh, and they cleaned up 24,000 pounds of garbage and they oh. found four dead bodies. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and I guess at the time, the most recent story is like a yuppie couple died climbing it or something like that now i don't want to sound cruel but don't feel too bad for super rich people who decide to climb mount everest and don't make it not at all uh, (laughs) i I don't either i i feel bad for their loved ones i guess they're they're very sad they lost they lost but i mean like everest like you're just it's stupid tourism go on a sex tour why are you doing this everest bullshit well i mean one of my greatest fears is dying in a stupid way because that's all anyone will ever remember (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, just to have your corpse found by... I just don't want my corpse found in a sad way. Like, yeah. There was a a story on NPR recently, too, just speaking of Everest. It was around the time when they uncovered all that trash and the bodies. And this guy was talking about how one of the towns where the, you know, it's like the the base or where you have to go to first before you can start your crazy ascent. And the permits that are issued, they're fighting over, like, how many permits they issue annually and whether or not they should scale that back but like just to get the permit to climb that mountain is like fifteen thousand dollars wow yeah it's wild so when you think about that it's like yeah all right if this mountain is just eating the rich i'm totally (laughs) fine with that wow i never thought of it like that uh uh, it's our version of sacrifice except it's voluntary on their part uh well Let's get into the episode itself here. We start with our first McBain film in forever in the show. Yeah, I believe they lost the rights to the name McBain because there was a real McBain movie. Yeah. And actually, uh, maybe five years ago, Riff Tracks did a riff of the McBain. <laughs> That's right. I think Christopher Walken is in it. Yeah. Is this the Gary Busey movie, McBain? Mm, I think, I think. yeah, it, it could be Gary Busey. Uh, it's, it's somebody of that caliber, but it mm-hmm. was maybe 92 or something. Thing where there was a McBain and they couldn't use the word McBain anymore. Well, they, it, well it, it, there's the way they would tell it on the commentaries. 
it was like fear of a lawsuit, even though right. they probably win because they had McBain in their show before the McBain movie came out. But I think they were just discouraged from it. It wasn't like they lost a suit, but I mean, a cease and desist is scary enough. And yeah, I also think that Schwarzenegger was starting to do comedies mm-hmm. after that initial run of McBain parodies, and now at this point in history, he's going back into action. Yeah, that's what this time. that's oh. what this uh, really reminded me of of Eraser era Arnold of like I'm back in these movies I'm shooting people again especially the comment part makes that saying how ripped he is because I yeah. felt people were really saying in the late 90s like you know Arnold's getting older but still a big man he still got right. it yeah uh, oh just to clarify by the way I should say the movie I was thinking of so you guys were right McBain is a Chris Walken movie yeah but, Ed Asner too or something <laughs> Ernest Borgnine uh, maybe in 1988 Busey came out with a movie called Bulletproof in where he plays a dude named Frank McBain ah. and the movie is notable for one reason and it's one of the funniest <laughs> Gary Busey lines of all time like he breaks into a warehouse or something and if there's something about like a super tank involved in this movie and someone says something like uh who's there or something like that and gary Busey responds uh, very quickly your worst nightmare butthorn and he calls a man butthorn which is like the most absurd insult but i just remember in the in the early days of we hate movies we sort of had this on the docket as something we might want to check out but it's like so totally obscure but yeah frank mcbain his insult is calling a man butthorn god i, I swear to god i have seen the butthorn clip somewhere <laughs> That is a real Buseyism. Uh, I like it. That uh, I mean, it feels like a proto Deadpool uh, insult of just like putting words together, kind of thing. So the last McBain movie they did was a, in A Star Is Burns, but it wasn't really. It was him doing the stand up against the brick wall, right? Right. <laughs> Which is I personally one of my all time favorite uh, McBain gags. I uh, I always remember the uh, on top of a pile of money with many beautiful ladies. You stick. <laughs> McBain. <laughs> uh, but, but I think, yeah, it had been like since season four, maybe, or three of the last time they did a straight on McBain is an action film parody. Like, it wow, that's that's that. actually a surprising statistic that yeah. they, they went that long with well, it. They would always refer back to it. Like when Rainier would be at, uh, say, the Kennedy co- or the Quimby compound. Yeah. And they'd, and they'd make fun of Last Action Hero, basically. Magic ticket my ass, McBain. Yeah. So <laughs> he was still starring in those films, but they this is the first time they've just done a direct McBain action movie parody scene in uh, in like six years. So let's enjoy it in this first clip. McBain to base, under attack by commie Nazis. They won't stop me from delivering these UNICEF pennies. <laughs> Help the puny children who need you. Wow, <laughs> McBain is really buffed up. You could grate cheese on those abs. Yeah, but can he do this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Homer is naturally drawn to be pretty big, but when they want him to be even bigger, they find fun things to do with him. Yeah. 
The, uh, That's his- just like monstrously big and upsetting, though. That's a very upsetting visual. S- stomach is a gelatinous material that he can just control at a whim. Like <laughs> it's so crazy the way it the way it crunches and just his and his pride at it while Bart is just disgusted. But this joke comes not too long after the uh, the popcorn on the stomach joke thing. That's too. right. I I gotta think eating off of your stomach was the hot thing in the Simpsons writers' room in season. <laughs> <laughs> they were just all appreciating each other like you're eating off your stomach okay they did both jokes the choking joke and the can crushing joke <laughs> i guess homer's better at drinking off of his stomach than eating off of his stomach. yeah which uh, i mean that's a good uh that's pretty impressive balance actually bart should be impressed instead of uh <laughs> shuddering and yes the commie nazis i really love them it feels like a great commentary on how in movies then especially the terrorists you face would always be very vague and ahistorical like to not to libel one country or one enemy but always with a british accent yeah yeah well yeah that was the uh actually that was the villains in the new godzilla movie is <laughs> some skinny british guy from game of thrones he's an eco-terrorist in it it gets away from any political motivations but he's just he's a he's a snarky british guy's like i have all the monsters now and uh the unicef part of it too also feels very schwarzenegger and that he'd have that kind of like international partnership kind of thing i I had never even really heard of UNICEF too much, the, I, except for a Spider-Man comic that was only published by giving money to UNICEF, so I bought that one. They weren't really doing this when I was a kid. I think this was more from the writer's childhoods, where they would have uh, you know things like trick-or-treat for UNICEF, oh, where yeah. instead of collecting oh, yeah, candy, yeah, box. Yeah, a little box, uh, which I never received. <laughs> I know like March of Dimes, back when coins had value, mm. you know, <laughs> these were important things. Although, yeah, those pennies are useless to wherever he's dropping them onto it, too. But uh, it's just such a, I mean, I so have always appreciated this joke because I just <laughs> love the notion of, you know, when you're in the McDonald's or the bodega or whatever, and they have the, you know, donate a penny to UNICEF, just the, the notion that all they're doing is taking the pennies and giving <laughs> them to a country in need. And that's, that's how the aid is being delivered is just so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Just one to one penny delivery and they just yep. spend <laughs> do what you will with these pennies but you know the important thing is we got them to you it's just such a smart joke and uh, now every action star has to be as buff as McBain slash Schwarzenegger like not that action stars of like the 80s weren't supposed to be like in good shape but like they didn't all have the shot that's in every Marvel movie of like here's the guy shirtless he got in really great shape for this well that's what we were talking about I don't remember if we were talking about it on the air on, on We Hate Movies or just something we were kvetching about about off the air but just that notion that like chris pratt's character in the guardians movies needs to be ripped like if anything he should kind of be like a schlubby dude well, like totally, he should yeah. be chris pratt in those early seasons of parks and rec like it's it's just it it seems sort of antithetical to the character that he's this like super cut guy like let him just be schlubby yeah that character would not have a personal trainer <laughs> he wouldn't be doing sit-ups on his ship ever like he'd, he'd right. just be yeah <laughs> But that, but you have to have the money shot of your movie. Is yeah. like, even Paul Rudd had to be transformed in that way. It just right. has to be done to all of them. The changing ideas of what in shape is is fun to watch in movies over the times. Because if you look at the 50s and 60s and before, men were so girdled up because all they would do is eat steaks and drink whiskey. <laughs> and the one scene of them shirtless, they were clearly sucking in their gut the entire time. <laughs> it's, it's just really fun to watch. That's why I like it now with Baldwin's The Shadow is that he does have a girdle on the whole time. When he he does shirtless scenes, but like he looks like he's in a 50s movie with his 
belly button covered up in it. Or any kind of like later period John Wayne where like that shirt's hanging on by a thread. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Uh, and most of his like words are just grunts or he's he's propped up. I, I also love the hyperbole of jumping out of a plane while on fire to break <laughs> that guy's neck. And that he surrenders. He's like, I surrender. Not so fast. Snaps his neck, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Marge's uh, little riff is funny. Yeah. But they have to shit on her. I know. We're all in dumping over Marge in this uh, season. Season nine is about <laughs> crap. I mean, I, it feels like a very childhood boy thing of just like, my mom's not funny. You weren't funny. <laughs> we also get to that Marge announces that it's picnic, uh, the church picnic day. She reflects on that Homer is such a glutton. He eats a bucket of chicken in church, which he didn't said. <laughs> he reflects on that uh, gluttony would be a sin if uh, God didn't want that, which that looks very ADR. There's a couple really ADR yeah. lines in this one. I have to wonder what that original joke was. I just remember always being in church in school, going to Catholic school and just being hungry mm. and just uh, focusing on getting that little tiny piece of bread. <laughs> that's part of I feel like that's uh, intentional. That's some fucking <laughs> with your brain. I don't care whose body it is. <laughs> it's just, it. you know, it was, uh, that's so funny to say that because I feel that was true for uh, a lot of us you know, growing growing up as, as churchgoers, that thing of like, all right, just let me make it to the wafer. <laughs> like, let me just get to that wafer. Like, we didn't even have, it wasn't a piece of bread. We had like the little like mass produced wafer things. And that was all you had. Uh, we had like, we would do the mass and then we had to go to uh, the Sunday school afterwards. Ugh which was always awful. And then it was like, you had to get through another hour before, uh, you know, the possibility of going to the diner would, would rear its head. <laughs> and I remember there was always the, the worst Sundays were the ones where you got the wafer and then you sat through Sunday school. And the, the second your parents came to pick you up, they had already been to the diner. Oh, we no. just had to have a parent's <sighs> breakfast at the diner. Man. And like, you fucking guys. <laughs> you know where we were just sitting in for an hour? It was Sunday school. You know how abhorrent that is? Jeez. Yeah, I mean, a home. I mean, they're not even Catholic, so they're not getting any kind of uh, Jesus snack yeah, during their no, mass. No, nothing at all. Uh, although, as as an adult now, I I don't begrudge parents for wanting to have a meal without children for once. I I. I <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, when they when they arrive at the picnic, we get to see a cute little scene of the mafia and the cops having a picnic as well. Which the mafia is just proudly like, this is the mafia picnic. <laughs> I love, and the designs on them in like their shorts or him in like the white outfit it really reminded me of a you know godfather kind of design on fat tony there oh it's the the clothes are great it's definitely like yeah when in godfather 2 when they go to cuba or something yeah the the mafia play wear is so great i love that their picnic is mostly just them sitting at that table with uh martinis which is great (laughs) and that they're uh wiggum's not that mad he got shot at multiple times by the uh, mafia hey they ruined their mustard the joke's on them it's a great animation on that mustard explosion too i like that shot and uh, then they they arrive at the picnic. Homer parks on the baseball field, which is a little similar to the joke in the last season where Homer uh, parked on at the arrival at the pier in My Brother's Sitter. Oh, you know, I thought you were going to say it's also they do that joke again in the episode where I believe it's where it's when Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger are on it. It's the beginning. Uh, yeah, where he, he parks dr- he drives over onto Ned. the beach. Yeah, he, that's Ned. right. Yeah. There, there are only so many parking jokes you can do, <laughs> and they're doing all yeah. of them. I mean, that, well, by a third it becomes a runner. So now I'm not uh, I'm not negative on the repetition. <laughs> Homer is in full-on food monster here, just like stuffing his face, not even recognizing the reverend. We get to see Burns enjoying the picnic, which is just looking at TV screens of picnic things while sitting in his uh, limousine. 
And Ralph and Burns together again. They uh, the he, oh, right. he's bedeviled <laughs> at the park by by Burns. Would not be the first time Burns ran down a boy with his car. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Go back seven uh, years. I, I do like his stance of like you're not it. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I like it's that. such a it's a nice little animation gag here too. If I'm recalling it right, because they have the little. Um, his air conditioning vent in the car has the little strings, so you can see that he's got the AC on. Uh, but yeah, then yeah. Ralph, Ralph like pokes his head through the sunroof, so it's like a great Burns like just wasting resources <laughs> joke of like the AC on with the windows open. <laughs> and and one of his TVs is just of ants crawling over a chicken leg, so it's like <laughs> he's just getting all the picnic experiences that's, on his television. That's another sliver reference for you kids. Uh, yeah. Not really, but that's what his original uh, wall of monitors was. He's still getting turned on by sliver, I think. Yeah. Uh, You're not. <laughs> the Simpsons will be right back. We're pushing past the max on this week's episode of Talking Simpsons. And a big special thank you to our guest, Andrew Jupin, for coming on. We are big fans of We Hate Movies here, and we're so happy to have our third WHM host on this show. Thanks again to at Jupin on Twitter for showing up on this week's podcast. And if you would like to hear more Talking Simpsons content, you have an easy way to do that. If you go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons and join the Talking Simpsons network at $5 a month, you'll hear next week's podcast right now it's already uploaded and without ads same with our sister podcast what a cartoon every episode of that exploration of a different animated series goes up a week early and ad free on our patreon you can hear both of those and that's just the beginning if you're a subscriber to our patreon you'll get to hear all of our exclusive patreon only mini series where me and bob give the talking simpsons treatment to a different animated series that's related in some way to the simpsons we did the entire series of The Critic. We did the entire first season of Futurama and we just wrapped up our exclusive miniseries on King of the Hill's first season. You can only hear those podcasts if you're a Patreon subscriber. So you're going to want to sign up right now at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. You'll get access to all of our exclusive interviews with folks who have worked on the series almost since the Tracy Ullman days on The Simpsons in some cases. So please check all of that out one more time. Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Do you want to feel something akin to the energy of six kinds of apples? Then you need to go up to the premium level at patreon.com slash talking simpsons for $10 a month. You'll not only get all that stuff I mentioned for the $5 people, but also our exclusive and amazing What a Cartoon Movie podcast where once a month me and Bob analyze, dissect, and give the history to a different animated feature film. We've done it for Batman Mask of the Phantasm, Kiki delivery service, Akira, a goofy movie, The Secret of Nim, Aladdin, and so many more. And this month we did Tiny Toons, How I Spent My Vacation, the direct-to-video hit that is the best looking the Tiny Toons have ever been. So please, you want to sign up to the $10 and up level to hear all of those 24 hours already of podcasting greatness of me and Bob talking about animated feature films. Sign up today at patreon.com slash talk Simpsons.
So as, as all that's going on, it's time to play Capture the Flag with the kids. Rod, ladies pick first. Okay, I choose Todd. Oh, 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 bird, 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 over here, over here. Um, I'll take Nelson. Saving the best for last, huh, Bart? Yeah, that must be it. I picked my dad. Do you want to play Capture the Flag, Daddy? <laughs> Sports on a Sunday. Hmm, I better check with Reverend... Oh, just play the damn game, Ned. Yeah, well, you get a grown-up and so do we. I picked my dad. Him? Oh, you'd be surprised. He gets pretty competitive when he's drinking. Come on, Dad, we're playing Capture the Flag. Sorry, son. Daddy's down for the day. Why don't you go capture me some more potato salad? But Rod picked his dad. It's a matter of family honor. Flanders is playing. Why didn't you say so? Oh, it appears I will have to find a new Fortress of Solitude. Zebra Girl, of all things. That's such a weird comic to have. I think, I mean, so we are all of the same age range. We are all coddled millennials who are handed trophies just for showing up. <laughs> uh, I never experienced any of this sort of uh, team picking before. I think they were trying mm. to phase it out so we wouldn't feel bad. Because, I I mean, we're podcasters. We're all, mm. we're all of the last pick variety, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I You know, I recall in my neighborhood growing up, I grew up in total suburb situation. And we actually did play Capture the Flag quite a bit we had some like wooded area i lived at the uh you know on a cul-de-sac you know and uh there were several uh, instances of, of picking teams and stuff like that and uh yeah so, some uh some days were harder than others as to <laughs> when you were selected in, in line but uh it's 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 weird seeing i hadn't watched this episode in a while and seeing uh someone just mentioning capture the flag sort of brought back all sorts of nice uh little youth memories <laughs> You know, I I definitely went through the getting pick last situation maybe a couple times in gym, but not uh, not I didn't do it a lot. But that's also probably because I didn't want to compete in those things very <laughs> much. So leave my once you're pick last a couple times, you're like I don't think I want to do this anymore. In my gym classes, it was just like we'll let the numbers decide. Count off five, uh, count off by four. That is the more like um, respectful way to treat children. But I love the very realistic Homer struggling to get up, leaning against something. That's a <laughs> very real fat guy animation there for sure. It's also just another. There's a lot. Of really great visual gags here and i just love the idea that they're at this church picnic and not only is he passed out from from drinking and eating too much but they just they draw him without his shirt on yeah which like is just touch. so it's just makes that joke so much better like you're that fucked up at a church function <laughs> but also your shirt is off like that's how fucked up you are i just love it he's drunk he's hot he's probably got the meat sweats at this point yeah, he's <laughs> oh, like, oh, it's so uncomfortable in this shirt while being so meat sweaty and he's yeah. le- he's just resting against a porta potty which is disgusting too yeah. <laughs> well you would there's trees everywhere yeah i hadn't even considered that and yeah poor uh comic book guy has to be the butt <laughs> of the joke though i think in the real world comic book guy never leaves his house so it wouldn't go to a picnic like well i think also comic book guy regardless of going outside which i think you're right he probably would avoid a, a picnic situation he's definitely a dude that is only dropping trow at his home base mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, there's a certain protocol that he has probably <laughs> oh, exactly God. You're making me think too much about Wiping his procedures, tendencies. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, it's another selling out Lovejoy kind of joke of the him saying, damn, just play the damn game. He's always frustrated with Flanders. 
Yeah, yeah. I also do like that Milhouse takes no offense and can't tell that Bart is being sarcastic when he says, <laughs> yeah, it must be. Uh, if Milhouse was smarter, he'd be insulted. So I guess in that way, he's lucky. But, uh, but yes, they uh, Capture the Flag has begun. I have never played this game. I do. Uh, I knew the rules of it because there was a very long episode of Salute Your Shorts that was all a Capture the Flag game of Donkey Oh, Whips yeah. The team. Wow. <laughs> that episode had a uh, condom joke in it. That's right. Yeah. Oh no, God. there's a condom joke in Salute Your Shorts? Yes, I believe uh, Donkey Lip says there's a balloon dispenser in the bathroom at wherever, mm. whatever rest stop he stops at when he's That's doing the... Awesome. Uh, yeah, it stood out to me as a kid. It's like, <laughs> I know what that is. I, uh, I just remember, the only line from it I remember is Donkey Lip saying to Budnick, he said... If I wouldn't do that if I were you, and then Budnick replies, "If I was you, my clothes wouldn't fit," and then walked away. Which, <laughs> well, which well Budnick do... does know the Terminator. I would not yeah. get in his way. Well, I, you <laughs> know true. that show was. I liked that show as a kid, but when I think back of like making fat jokes towards a actual overweight kid, uh, even though even if they're a paid actor, that just doesn't seem. Fair. Yeah. Like I think I don't feel like the kid really understands what they're agreeing to and they're making jokes at that their expense. But if they didn't make fat jokes about donkey lips, then it would be that he's like a disgusting slob and just smells really bad. Like, he got a lot of work being that size. Yeah. Yeah. He had a yeah. I mean he's still alive, he's still with us, I think. Yeah, isn't he like a I remember him as like a MySpace rapper or something. Oh, he yeah. was one hundred percent a MySpace rapper. <laughs> wow. Absolutely. We were just talking about this recently on uh, <laughs> the the uh we're always talking about Donkey Lips and Budnick and the rest of the clan on Salute Your Shorts, but uh we were doing uh, an episode on Dude Where's My Car and Donkey Lips is definitely in oh, that movie. Yeah. He does That's like right. he does a nude scene in it, like not you know, obscuring his genitals, but like he gets naked in the movie. Yeah, he's totally in like some like tidy whities or something like that, yeah. Uh, which is you know very very brave of Michael Bauer. Yeah. yeah, I know his name. Okay, I'm glad you said it. I was feeling bad, <laughs> um, still calling him just Donkey. I knew his name, but was ashamed to admit it. Okay, I did, I didn't remember it. I, he's, he... I believe Budnick was Danny Cooksey. Mm, oh, yeah, that's so... right. Yeah, also played Montana Max. <laughs> yeah, this is now yeah. a salute your shorts podcast. There's only 20 dude, episodes Danny of that. Cooksey, uh, Danny Cooksey is like a huge voice actor now. Wow, still he's at it. I didn't know. That. Yeah, I think because it's, it, listen, if you can fall into that world, mm. you're fucking set. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and he, he's, I think he's transcended. It's like animation and video games. Uh, so yeah, he's he's doing just fine. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, back to the Simpsons. Uh, it's uh, Capture the Flag is being played and Bart has a plan. Okay, Dad, they've got a flag guarded pretty good. I agree. Let's surrender. No, wait. I have a plan, but I'll need your underpants. Mm, all right, but don't lose them. They're my only pair. I got it. I got the flag. Yeah! <laughs> Stupid kids. This isn't the flag. It looks more like. Ew! <laughs> Suckers. Go, Dad! I like that they made the underwear gray. Yeah, they're, they're gray tidy whities which I feel like there's something going on there. Uh, well, if it's his only pair, then they would definitely uh, yeah. have at least seen a lot of sweat. You yeah. Know? It, so just turn gray from that. I do the opposite of just, I own too many underwear because I bought, uh, instead of doing laundry a few times, I was like, I could just buy more underwear. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, I've I've kind of done that myself <laughs> a couple of times. It's a dirtbag move, I know. <laughs> but, uh, though, and Homer is right; those kids are stupid. Turn around to see that the flag is still there. How could it's Bart, right behind them? It's how could Bart have taken it from them? They're so dumb. I, this I, gag uh, reminds me of. Have you guys ever seen the Carl Reiner directed? Uh, John Candy movie, Summer Rental. A million years ago. Yes. It's a, <laughs> a totally underrated candy movie. And it's a, it's your classic slobs versus snobs situation uh, where Candy and his clan win a regatta by uh, hoisting his underpants up the, the mast of the ship right. to get more wind power. Yeah. Is oh, my the, God. It's such a great joke. Is that the Dan Aykroyd movie? No, it's Candy, and I want to say outdoors. Rip Torn is in it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. We were just talking about The Great Outdoors recently because it was yeah. on HBO four times a day <laughs> in 1989 for about oh, eight absolutely. months. So. Uh, well, King of the Hill had a big steak joke. So That's true. Okay. The, That's where it came up. Yeah. The uh, I believe the bad guy in the movie though is uh, Richard Crenna of First Blood mm. fame. Oh wow. That's a good that's good casting. I Well so Homer at a church picnic stripped nude from the waist down briefly to take his underwear off like that. <laughs> consider that in this situation which I guess I mean he's obscured from the children because that's part of the hiding but that's really weird. That's, I I do appreciate all, all of the merciless tagging they're doing and like yeah. he's trying to turn over. Yeah, so uh I I feel a little too uh, relatable with Homer's exhaustion at running uh, when he wasn't ready for it. But uh, uh, they make a good point on the commentary, too, that Homer, Bart's distraction buys Homer several seconds. Like that. <laughs> uh, not, not too much more than that. Homer is having some trouble. <laughs> Oh, I love his helpless whimpering. Yes. <laughs> I love the pronouncement of trying to turn over. Yeah. <laughs> he is like a turtle. Yeah, it's it's very sad. It just is like desperate, like, time out, time out. But that's also a very real like bully thing of real of a little kid bully realizing like Oh, even this adult is helpless. There's no risk from this adult. Okay, fuck them. Let's let's light them up. This is truly upsetting for me because what a waste of deviled eggs. The kids are pelting him <laughs> with all these deviled eggs, which also like my god, the amount of deviled eggs at this church picnic. <laughs> Somebody made seventy of them. Those are a delicacy. <laughs> uh, it's it's a nice extra layer to it like that he's getting egged with deviled eggs instead of just raw eggs like that. yep exactly <laughs> and just the way it gets in homer the, the way the first one hits homer like right between the eyes <laughs> oh it's so so sad the way he just struggles it's probably it's one of his darkest moments though uh you know next season i believe is uh the panda love so Maybe not his darkest moment we got we got another year or so i think okay. of our of our podcast yes uh <laughs> that was the first commercial break like that quick in it when they come back from the break, uh, Homer is reflecting on his weight loss, and Marge is, uh, they, I feel like this is almost every season nine episode of they have to have at least one thing of recognizing how long the show has been on, and in this case, it's Marge going like, 
Yeah, I know. You always try to lose weight. Nothing ever happens. <laughs> yeah, and also just the the sound of Homer pushing his fat down to see the clock. Like, it's uh. really good Foley. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, she did mention, uh, she says, you're the one who puts butter in your coffee. Mm. And that is a new sort of way to drink coffee. Turbo yeah. coffee, man. I got to tell you, it's not too shabby. I mean, what is butter if not just more cream, more yeah. condensed cream? I, I drink my coffee black, but it sounds like it could be good. Maybe not every day, butter in your coffee, but hey, as a treat. Butter makes most things taste better. Yeah. Like, so I, it's I just get a that. big lump of dairy fat. <laughs> Man, I uh, I have not heard. I am a no coffee guy, so I have mm. not heard about this butter thing becoming true. It's another. Did, it's, did the Simpsons predict it? <laughs> I mean, every weird food joke becomes reality. On like, if there's a joke about a food being too excessive, it will become real. Yeah. On the Simpsons, that's actually in this episode in yes. like two minutes. So that's true. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Homer decides he wants to exercise at night because he'd feel too much shame otherwise, which that is how I feel about weight loss too. It's something like the last time I lost a bunch of weight, the hardest thing for me to overcome and still is of like exercising in front of other people. Like it's just, yeah. it's embarrassing. You don't need to be overweight to feel embarrassed about exercising in front of other people, but it helps. Uh, <laughs> but it's, I, but it really is like no fun. It's hard to not feel judged in that case so like you but homer i guess for two months doesn't sleep or he sleeps like three hours a night or they don't something. explain that but I, I will say that uh, i also feel uh body shame and if you want to work out at the gym without that uh, especially if you work from home like us, you can find the peak hours to go where only the elderly are there, <laughs> and they are so out of it. Some of them can't. Some of them can't even find their way out of the building. I've talked Aww. about this. We're just oh, like they're just standing by the turnstile. Like I've seen this before. Oh, oh man, like, which is yeah. great because then you're definitely showing up everyone at that gym. At yeah, that time. it's like I got 50 more years left, pops. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is uh, this episode also you know came out like pre uh, Planet Fitness, right? The Judgment Free Zone. Yeah, and Curves uh, is one of those two. Curves, the one for ladies. Oh yeah, yeah, cur- so curves, yeah, 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 or like a Lucille Roberts or something like that. Um, I, I love it. Homer does have a great joke right here when he's like suiting up and he's telling Santa's a little helper like not to tell anybody, and the cat runs out of a bush <laughs> and he just says the line, "Oh great, now the cat knows." Yeah. Oh god, it's so good. Yeah. There are a lot of really good little lines like that in this. I did yeah. write that one down. Yeah, like, oh great, yeah. now the cat knows, <laughs> and. And that uh, that Santa's little helper actually gets like some gags. Like he's almost never written into the show. The re- they really forget about his existence most times. So I like that they realize they could give him uh, somebody for Homer to talk to instead of just saying it out loud. <laughs> and right. also the gag of just being dragged around <laughs> by SLH is so funny that he's not helping at all. And the poor, uh, but that Santa's little helper knows he's like, no, drag me back outside now. And he. he dutifully does it i hate when that he... is, that's the great joke though it's like he drags him in because homer collapses but then it's like no 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 take me back out <laughs> he, he can't stand on his own but he'll he'll get back to exercising i i hate when we play uh, joke doctors on this show but the joke with uh, the paper setting homer it needed one more thing it needed like one more escalation like a pallet of newspapers crushing him or something yeah. it felt weird when there's like there's not a third joke in a string of jokes it's just two i feel like ah something is missing here yeah well and also also, that guy wouldn't be delivering like giant bushels one house after the other. I hope somebody got fired for that blunder <laughs> there. <laughs> but, but also, I do like Homer talking to the picture 
and then him saying like, no, the picture looked good where it was. <laughs> <laughs> he, he considers just moving it. Uh, but yes, Homer is doing so. He finally gets the gumption to do some more night exercising. And this is where he discovers the power of sauce. Hmm? <clears throat> so what will it be, Mr. Simpson? Your usual bucket of ice cream covered with miniature pies? Uh, don't you have anything healthy here? Oh, well, we do have some low-salt candy bars and some reduced fat soda. Mm. And our beef jerky is now nearly rectum-free. Hey, these power sauce bars look pretty healthy. Oh, yes, that is a new item. No bar contains more applesauce. Hmm, a bushel of apples packed in each bar, plus the secret ingredient that unleashes the awesome power of apples. Wow! They picked the perfect fruit for <laughs> yes. the power sauce yeah. walkers. Yeah. Power sauce is such a great concept because applesauce, it's it's like the hyper-masculine version of applesauce, which is seen as like a baby food. Like applesauce <laughs> is for children. That's true, yeah. And so they hyper-masculinize something like that is so funny. Six kinds of apples. <laughs> and, and also that the secret ingredient is the Chinese newspaper, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> I also just love, I mean, apples have so much sugar in them. So mm. the notion that like, it's a bar crammed with so much apple, but uh, you know it's still supposed to be healthy for you. It's very funny. Yeah, one yeah. of the shocking things you learn as an adult is that things like juice is mm. not good for you. It's like yeah. healthy right. juice. It's like, wait a minute. It's, what are you it's doing? Like I thought soda was bad, but if I can't turn to juice, what do I do? Water? <laughs> That's when you infuse that water, sir. Yep. <laughs> you meo it. Yeah, you just dangle a strawberry near it. <laughs> and then it's healthy. Uh, and what also the I love the, that it's not just ice cream but a bucket of ice cream. Like like seven Ben and Jerry's things in one bucket. I, I couldn't find ice cream with mini pies. I know there is pie flavored ice cream mm -hmm. or ice cream with pie crust bits in it and things yeah, like that. Yeah, Ben & Jerry's has uh, actually, on the Ben & Jerry's website you can read the listicle, 15 times pies were put in Ben & Jerry's. Wow! <laughs> uh, but th that includes a lot of limited edition flavors, but their biggest ones are apple pie, Boston cream pie, but they are just like chunks they're not mini pies yeah no but you know it did make me also the the visual gag when apu holds it up it, also speaking of ben and jerry's just reminded me of the vermonster which i feel like someday i will try to to tackle wait what yeah. is the vermonster i need to ask about oh, this oh really oh my god you guys so <laughs> do you have do you have like a, a brick and mortar Ben and Jerry's uh, near you? you no, know, we have a anywhere? couple, but not. Uh, I've never seen specialty things there. No. So, oh wow! So if you, so at least on on the East Coast, if you go into a Ben and Jerry's, uh, they have a thing called the Vermonster, which is literally a bucket that they put ice cream in. And, you know, Jesus. if you sit there and finish it, I think it's like a free T-shirt and a Polaroid on a wall or something. But it's literally that bucket that Apu is holding up oh, of God. ice cream. And, they, yeah, they call it the it, Vermonster. It melts halfway through at least, and you're just... Then you're just like drinking slime. that Vermonster. Oh, God. <laughs> That's what those monster-sized sundaes always disgust yeah. me, because I just think of them melting. Like, yep. <laughs> if you look at those lists of the most unhealthy things at any fast food place, it's always the, uh, the macchiato or whatever, the mm. moulatte, just the <laughs> 2,000-calorie milkshake. 
that makes you think you're just having a coffee. Yeah, my morning coffee. That that is the secret of Starbucks. It always has been of tricking people that their morning coffee is a milkshake. I'm constantly in line behind people getting milkshakes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or the, the thing milkshakes. that sucks even worse is the uh, the the soy milk that they use at Starbucks. It's very super sugary and vanilla-y. So it just makes everything taste like candy. But you're sitting there like, well, at least it's soy milk. I'm doing <laughs> something. And it's actually like way worse than if you just got like skim. I'm not chewing. This must be healthy. <laughs> uh, I like Apu's determinations of low salt candy bars, which like yeah, most candy bars don't have a lot of salt. <laughs> it does not make them and healthy. Mostly rectum free yeah. jerky. Beef jerky is a favorite of mine on the weight loss kick because you you just chew it for so long it takes forever. So by the yeah, time your mouth gets tired and you eat less. <laughs> yeah, you have like two hundred calories, but you feel like you've ate, eaten like eight hundred calories just from <laughs> wasting time eating this turkey leather. Basically, <laughs> Homer now inspired by the power sauce heads to a certain establishment that uh, definitely confuses him. Gaim, what's a gaim? <laughs> Oh, a game. Oh, oh, I'm feeling this. Oh, Ooh, my head's gonna be sore in the morning. Oh. Excuse me, you're doing this station work backwards. Let me show you how to do it like a man. Rainier Wolf Castle. Oh, I love your movies and your power sauce bars and your taut ribbon. Hey, 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 that's enough. Now step over to the abdominator, and I will shout slogans at you. Push harder. Go past the max. Reach over the top. Master your ass. Master your ass. Master your ass. That's a good one. <laughs> Homer is literally in love with Wolfcats. Yeah. He, he is really turned on by him. Rip I mean, who wouldn't be? But... Uh, no, actually, I'm not. Like, all those muscles just scary. I, I am attracted to men, but that, all those muscles, I'm terrified by it. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's, a, he's a bit too big. <laughs> but for a second, in my first viewing of this as a kid, I thought this episode's plot was Homer gets a famous friend. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, that would check out. And honestly, can you imagine Rainier Wolfcastle like at the Simpsons house? Yeah, he would presumably have to move in for some reason, which was uh, always a, a, a time-honored tradition on the Simpsons. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that. Yeah, him being in this episode is just a sort of very, very minor thing, despite being <laughs> the action star that started off this move that started off this episode yeah and he's i mean he's the catalyst for power sauce he's the catalyst for him joining power sauce but because half the episode is the third act where he never appears you kind of forget what a key part of it mcbain was to this episode uh he's like doing free like personal training for homer for two months two months he's doing it i mean he also just becomes the i'm gonna pump you up yeah (laughs) <laughs> he just uh, becomes it so easily. Uh, so that what's a guy? Uh, that might be my line of the episode. I, uh, mine is coming up. Okay, mine is coming up. Ooh, I, I think will I, say that I just with Gaim, that was one of the one of my earlier memories of like something seeping into uh, uh, just everyday use. You know, if if you drove by one or if you were mentioning one, you know, you would use the alternate, uh, the Homer pronunciation. Yeah, it just enters the, your friend's lexicon of just like, yep. oh, a gaim? Oh, you're going to a gaim? 
That's so, and just the way Homer so satisfyingly goes like, oh, a guy. guy. Uh, well, I was just reflecting on this joke recently because on the Conan podcast he had on Bill Hader, and they were just talking about how they enjoy The Simpsons, and Conan says how he's watching it with his son now, who's like in his uh, early teens. And Conan saw this episode for the first time recently. Really? And he was reflecting on what a funny joke Gaim was, and it was just so so rare to hear like, you know, once you leave a show, I don't think writers on Conan's level who are that busy ever keep watching the show after you leave it. Uh, yeah. So it was funny for to hear him compliment the, the show like that, but 20 years after the joke was made. Well, it's interesting that both, you know, because the other show you just brought to my mind saying that you know, hear writers talking about still keeping up with it. I think it's funny that both The Simpsons and another long-running comedy show, SNL, you have that thing where like these waves of writers who have come and gone, you know, can go back and you know they analyze like what's going on with the show now and talking about the writing, which is kind of interesting. Like I, I, I'm in the camp of it's a bummer that The Simpsons is still on, but it's kind of cool to think that you know Conan or one of these, you know, like Max Tone Graham or one of these guys could be like watching it today and sort of breaking down jokes and thinking mm-hmm. about story structure from a thing that they helped totally build up. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. well, now the children of Simpsons writers are writing episodes. They really I, are. I believe uh, Jeff no, Martin. is that true? Yeah, I think uh, Jeff Martin's daughter. Jeff Martin's daughter, who is a professional comedy yes. writer, but she's... It's not a favor to <laughs> no, a Simpsons writer's right. uh, child. Uh, but she is co-writing it with Jeff Martin. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, you no, know, I think Simpsons, and they, they both become an institution, but also as an institution for at least some of their previous writers, not all of them, they are welcoming them back. And like they're like, hey, you want to sit in on a right you want it like on on snl people come back all the time like the my favorite episodes of recent snl are the ones where john mulaney hosts because i think he just writes like a third of the show or with his friends like getting getting on sketches he couldn't get on when he was a a lowly writer who wasn't famous you mentioned it before it's come up before that with old Simpsons writers, they will have children, and inter- interviewers will say, oh, your kids must think you're so cool, mm-hmm. and they'll always say, I've heard it like three or four times, no, they watch Bob's Burgers. They don't <laughs> like The Simpsons. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. <laughs> well, so then they do a very just like hard cut to two months later, and Homer's in better shape. He's in realistically better shape. Yeah, yeah. Well, this, okay, this is a key frustration to me in my life of losing weight, too, that like the thinnest I've been in the last 10 years I still felt like I wasn't thin and it just, it hurt my uh, ability to really appreciate. I was like, I I lost 80 pounds, but I don't feel thin yet. Like, Though I definitely felt better, for sure, and I want to get back to that that weight. But uh, that's kind of where Homer is into the like, yeah, you work out for two months starting where Homer's at. You're not skinny, like you don't get there, but you do, you get results, like you do get results. And everybody hits that, like Homer appears to have hit that uh, plateau where yep. like, uh, you know, you lose a bunch of weight really quickly. Uh, so you're thinking, you know, it's like, oh, wow, results. And then it kind of like you plateau and you have to sort of work past that, which was always my thing of like, but wait a second, like that five pounds came off super fast. What are we doing? You know, <laughs> which is why I'm just inevitably back to not uh, <laughs> exercising in any capacity whatsoever. 
not counting calories is fun because you just eat what you want and uh, <laughs> never, and you try not to think about uh, your fifties at that point. <laughs> right. Uh, I though the muscle Homer design is so weird. Like he has like Popeye elbows, like the little points on his elbows. You know, it's very weird. It's yeah. very Popeye. You're right. Yeah, that, that's always <laughs> weirded me out. So when it cuts back to two months later, it feels like it's missing a joke. Like Homer says. I didn't even know what a dumbbell was. And then, thanks for the help, Rainier. And then Rainier goes, hmm. And that's it. Like, it's it's yep. weirdly underplayed. I don't know what's, what's happening there. Yeah. It feels, something definitely feels missing. But yes, Homer is showing off his new muscles. Oh, handsome. Nice muscles. Care for a rubdown? Ooh, well, I'm flattered, but spoken for. Oh, what the heck? Give me your number. <laughs> Dad, what have you done to your stomach? And your chest. And your shirt. I have been working out secretly at night. And look at me now. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> Go ahead. Try and grab some flab. Go on. No, not there. <laughs> not there either. Over here. I've got some. No, here. Try my foot. No, not that foot. <laughs> Just feel my biceps. Whoa. Well, what do you think you're old man now, son? Damn right. <laughs> He's sort of like retired football player fit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I think. I, oh. I, uh, sorry, I just, I was bummed rewatching this this morning because, you know, I always appreciate how uh, open this show usually is to Marge and Homer's like continued attraction for one another and talking about their their sex lives and stuff. And I, I really thought this would have been a nice moment for Marge to have a kind of uh, like, wow, kind of, you know, looking at Homer and it just sort of doesn't happen. I don't know if that's because they're in front of the kids or what, but nowhere in this episode uh, before he starts his his journey, you know, do you get any kind of like their sex life is improved because of his, <laughs> his working out situation? Yeah, I wanted to see that, too. I guess they don't really want to give Marge anything in season. Well, <laughs> they're about to have the sexy sex episode uh, uh, yeah. in a couple weeks. So. They know what's coming. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, but sorry. <laughs> but yes, no, I've, I miss that when Marge has a sex drive, too. Like it kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. When they take that away from her, it definitely feels like they're. They're writing their mom, and they can't think of her as a full person, <laughs> That's true. I think. As a sexual being. <laughs> uh, though, then again, they probably aren't having sex just because she would have noticed the increase in muscle mass in Homer in the last two months. If I can understand the kids not noticing, sure. Yeah. But with a spouse... How would they not see you naked at some point and and notice this stuff, right? Yeah. Eh. I guess maybe the joke there is like they just so they don't pay attention to Homer in that way. <laughs> Nobody's really that concerned with what he's doing or looking like unless he is acknowledging it first. And I love Homer's talking to himself in the mirror because he's, he's like, going to cheat on himself. Yeah. <laughs> it's, or cheat on Marge with himself. It's yeah. very like uh, gay as well because it, it feels like he's playing a man in both situations <laughs> and that he agrees to cheating. He's like, you know what? Yeah, give me your number. <laughs> I love that. And, and his pronouncement of like, no, not that foot. Like <laughs> he has fat feet. Even. One skinny part of his body. <laughs> and yeah, Homer... I wonder if he how intentional it is that he's threatening Bart by holding him up by the bed. He's like, oh, you thought I was fat and sad now, huh? <laughs> and so they come back to dinner, and now Homer is 
just like two fisting power sauce bars. And they are they are just eating piles of gray filth. Yes, yeah. Classic Simpsons move. <laughs> yeah, they're back to the glop. Well, and uh, another classic Simpsons move that director Stephen Dean Moore brings up on the commentary is Homer daintily eats. Yeah. yeah. He has yes. his finger sticking out hearty style. Like he eats on uh, Boy Scouts in the Hood. Like, yeah. lights. <laughs> Though David Silverman had left the show by this point, but they were keeping the traditional line. Yeah. yeah. And he kind of finger acting is all him. I love his finger twiddles. They're just so fun. But then Homer, Homer like insults them to their face. Like, he's like, this is slop. You're all fat and ugly. <laughs> so mean. <laughs> and then he says that, like, you'll get more. Actually, he's, he's telling Marge he's not having sex with her because she's not in good enough That's shape. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty awful. One of my favorite lines in this episode is the uh, beat between the spaghetti bar and hospital, please. Yeah, when he calls, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> just somehow packing all the spaghetti into one bar and eating it causes him to need to go to the hospital. Five pounds of spaghetti dumped into your stomach probably is—it's uh, not moving too fast in there. <laughs> I well, and that's another of my favorite lines in this episode. Like when you concentrate food, you unleash its awesome power. I'm told. Like, <laughs> his little look back with his eyes and like I'm told, <laughs> uh, and then he spent all that money on like a bar making machine to just shove things into bar form. I don't think I've ever tried that. Uh, I, if I saw them make food on The Simpsons, sometimes I'd try it, but yeah. I never tried to shove spaghetti into a bar. Well, we live in the Bay Area where you can make any dumb tech thing and have people invest in it, like mm-hmm. the Juicero. Yes, yeah. We could make. What the, is that? The Juicero is a thing that would squeeze bags of juice that you would order separately. So yeah. it was a machine built to squeeze proprietary bags of juice you would order. Mm-hmm. And that oh, it, wow. Like, because the juice activates when squozing. Yeah. Uh, and so if you just bought plain juice, it wouldn't have all the uh, mega nutrients and everything. <laughs> uh, but it would turn out that you could push it together with your hands and it would do the same. Like you didn't need to buy an $800 machine. Uh, and yeah, I bet, you know what? We got to take, well, we got to get a good look first. Yeah. Uh, because you got, it's all about fooling them in the meeting. But then we could sell them the bar machine that turns any food into the bar to unleash awesome power. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, you know what? I have the full clip of the unleash awesome power. I got to hear that quote. Look at you people. Bart's a tub. Lisa's weak as a little girl. And Maggie doesn't seem to be growing at all. Now that's just not- You too, Marge. If you toned up a little, you'd probably get a lot more action. Homer, stop <laughs> insulting us and eat your filth. Food, I mean food. Sorry, I only eat food in bar form. When you concentrate food, you unleash its awesome power, I'm told. <laughs> That's why I'm compressing five pounds of spaghetti into one handy mouth-sized bar. Hmm. Hospital, please. <laughs> Hospital, please. Uh, that is a good long pause yeah. there. I like. uh, and some dialing. Yeah. Nice that, dialing. Wend is like, hmm. Like he's just reacting to I'm feeling dying. it in his stomach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, we return to the Gaim, and that's when we get our big guest stars of this episode mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser and Steve Weber. The Steven Weber. Of Wings? Of Wings, yeah. And the Shining <laughs> TV movie? The, he had just been in that a year before this came out. Wow. Yeah, this episode. You know, they shat on Wings so much. He was a big man to come to The Simpsons. I agree. I think he knew. Although. I think- on the commentary, they are just glowing about Brendan Fraser. Uh, did they say anything about Stephen Weber? I, I forgot he was in do. this. I don't think they do. I don't think they say. Well, 
they both uh Brendan Fraser, I think when this episode came out, he was more famous than Steven Weber, but they were close-ish. Yeah. And then the next year Mummy comes out and he just leaves Weber in the dust. I uh, I mean Brendan Fraser seems like a pretty cool guy. I think he's he, he was like in Brain Candy and uh yeah. and and Simpsons like he has the comedy bona fides at least. And yeah, no, I think I've always thought Brendan Fraser is a is a funny guy. It's just funny because this is a a classic case of two Simpsons guest actors where they, I mean, their voices are just so nothing that I didn't realize who uh, was voicing this, the Brad and Neil characters until I looked on IMDb like hours <laughs> after I had rewatched it. I didn't, I didn't sit through the credits and it was like, Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. Brendan Fraser and Steven Weber. Sure. I buy that. Like, it's just like, like sometimes you get a really nice guest guest move and you can like pinpoint that voice. And these two, it's just like, vanilla town it is true yeah i'm glad they weren't playing themselves but also they don't really have distinct voices mm. so exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah and i do love that i think it's uh brendan fraser's character is drawn uh to have a ridiculous ponytail yeah yeah i andy has like a crystal necklace i like that a lot <laughs> yes totally <laughs> now he seems to be more of the belief like he of brad and neil i think brad uh invented it and neil is the one who sells it like that's that's the right. vibe i get from those two I and and uh, yeah, they they said that Brendan was a big fan of The Simpsons too and wanted to be on it. And then Weber just you know he took it. He job. was available. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> well, and so I looked into like what Stephen Weber has been up to, uh, and I mean other after his uh, giant failure sitcom Cursed. If you don't, do anybody remembers that Cursed? Cursed. You know, I don't think so. It was a must see TV show that came in two thousand, right when it was like almost too late to do a new one of those. And the first episode is him being cursed by a gypsy or a, you know, Romani, I should say. Uh, but he gets cursed. And uh, it's sort of a metaphysical show where he just has bad luck in episodes. Oh, but then yeesh. by the fourth episode, the show is renamed to the Steven Weber show. What? And they completely <laughs> drop that premise. Like he has a line where he's, he visits the Romani woman again. And she's like, I didn't put a curse on you. It's not real. Forget it. Like, it's just so. Oh, <laughs> my God. That's that's horrible. Oh, I'm looking it up right now. Chris Elliott, Wendell Pierce. Wow. I, I wanted to. I checked it out at the time because I wanted to see Chris Elliott's new thing. It's not good. It's not good at all. <laughs> the curse show has been put on hiatus for retooling. Yeah. Uh, actually, he was the star of the little known and little seen Larry David movie Sour Grapes. Oh, it's like yeah, that's right. What he did yeah. after Seinfeld. What's he going to do next? It's this movie <laughs> called Sour Grapes and Steven Weber is the star. And well, now he's just been in supporting roles a lot. Like on NCIS, he has some recurring guy. This is actually when his voice acting career began around. This wasn't his first voice acting role. He was actually on Extreme Ghostbusters around the same time as this show. <laughs> uh, but but he has a lot of voice acting credit since then. Like he's, uh, I think his biggest role that I saw recently was that on the Ultimate Spider-Man show, he voiced Norman Osborn slash the Green Goblin. And he was oh. on, uh, before this, he was on Duckman. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. I remember, though, we we thought we were on the cusp of a Stephen Weber essence uh, in the mid-aughts when that Aaron Sorkin Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip show. Yeah. 
Yes. Oh my god. That's right. And That's right. Like here's Stephen Weber's return to television. Uh, here it comes, and there it goes. <laughs> I think that was the last time they were tried to make Stephen Weber a thing as a lead actor. Like he. Uh, no, I totally remember that uh, show. Him be part of that. Uh, Terrible, terrible show. <laughs> that was a show that it was a it was a stark like night and day difference between the pilot and the second episode. Like, I think if you isolated the pilot of that and you were like, "Hey, here's this you know fifty minute Aaron Sorkin short film or something," it would play. Because I remember they did that thing where they they aired the pilot like months before the show actually mm. started. And I just remember thinking, like, wow, okay, cool. Like, this behind-the-scenes of SNL, blah, 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 um, or an SNL-type show. And then, like, the fall-off mm. in the very next episode. And it was funny because, at the time, it, if you remember, that and 30 Rock came out at virtually the same time. Yep. That's right. And yeah. it was, like, when the ads for 30 Rock, because it was sort of, like, the second one to go, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, this half-hour comedy that's trying to be Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. <laughs> okay. What are they thinking? <laughs> uh, the thing I remember most from Studio 60, other than their, like, um, Modern Major General parody song, yeah. is uh, that the Aaron Sorkin guy in the show, the writer who's clearly him, he has a scene in it where he basically brags about all of the women he slept with, which I, I think <laughs> is Aaron Sorkin really saying, I slept with these women. Like, Or you're su uh, supposed to assume that. And they, he names real celebrities, too. Uh, which, oh yeah, and also the Brendan Fraser, he just, uh, his biggest comeback right now is that he was on the DC Universe original series, Doom Patrol. He's mm. Robot Man in that. And uh, uh, I've heard good things. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't watch it. Uh, there's honestly too many things right now. There are people that I've seen say that that's uh, a good movie. Yeah. Or good television show, rather. I just, yeah, you're right. There's too much. I just kind of can't do it. I get, Brendan Fraser was also on that FX show that was also uh, the sort of the basis for, uh, was it the Ridley Scott? Scott movie. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Where Kevin Spacey was replaced by Christopher Plummer, uh, All the Money in the World. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, boy. It's I, sort of the, it's him. He's wearing like a cowboy hat on the show. That yeah. was another thing that people would tell you was good, but, yeah. you know, who's, who's watching? <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. I kind of also have a thing with Brendan Fraser. You, you got to feel like the slightest bit of sympathy because he's one of those like, what happened to Brendan Fraser kind of guys. And I guess like, I only read this recently, maybe he did an interview recently or something where he was talking about how with those three mummy movies, like he fucked up his back so horribly. Yeah. That, like, yes. He couldn't do things for a really long time. And I had no idea. And I felt so fucking bad for that guy. No, he had a lot of health problems because of that, which is really too bad. Like, that yeah. Did, and well, cause you also don't think of him as a guy who like, when you imagine guys who do their own stunts, you don't think of him either. So it's almost like thankless pain he went through because nobody thinks of him as like, a Jackie Chan style guy who does all his own stunts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah there's a, yeah, the, the interview that uh, was recently with him. Uh, he experienced some Me Too stuff. He wasn't a Me Too perpetrator. No, he was no. the target of he Me was Too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about uh, that. Too. Yes, yeah. he, he alleged that the president of the Hollywood Foreign Press Agency had sexually assaulted him, and that mm, yeah. that uh, led to a blacklisting of him as well. Like it. In that's the, right. In yeah. the late 2000s, you. 
you guys just did G.I. Joe, actually. And yes. he has like a, such a distracting cameo in that, that movie. That is right, yeah. But it's, it's totally <laughs> distracting because he's Brendan Fraser, for God's sake. <laughs> like you see him in a role like that and you're like, all right, well, that's that's sticking around for the whole movie. Brendan Fraser's here. Cool. It's a Steven Summers movie. They're mummy buddies. Like <laughs> it, it made total sense. And it's literally like, it's less than 10 seconds. It's really unfortunate. <laughs> it just leaves you guessing the whole time. Like, why am I still? That was back when we didn't know we liked Channing Tatum. And we were just like, ugh, Channing Tatum. Right. <laughs> uh, but yes, why, why don't we give a listen to Brad and Neil? Yo, yo, Rainier, my man, how you doing? I thought you'd be here pumping those guns. We've come up with a killer promotion for Power Sauce Bars. Picture this. You. I love it. Climb the <laughs> highest mountain in Springfield. The murder horn. Are you crazy? That's suicide. Oh, sure, for experienced mountain climbers. But you're a movie star. <laughs> and you'll have the Power Sauce Edge. Not for all the applesauce and gluckenschlabel. <laughs> My dad could do it. He eats $50 worth of power sauce bars a day. Overshoot the extreme, max the envelope, and so on. Wow, <laughs> he's really been paying attention to our slogans. Brad, a word? New angle. Joe Schlub eats power sauce bar, becomes world's mightiest man. It's believable. That's what I like about it. <laughs> Congratulations, sir. Huh? You're going to be the first man to climb the murder horn. I am. Uh, no, that's it over there. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah, that's it. Just to the right of the <laughs> one you're looking at. Uh, really good act break. I love Such that. Such a good I joke. For- I forgot that there was a third mountain, and then I got excited <laughs> when there was a third mountain watching it this morning. That is one of the most ridiculous jokes in the series' yeah. entire history, that a four-mile-high, more than four-mile-high mountain is right outside of Springfield, and it always has been there. <laughs> I have to imagine one of those mountains is Forbidding Widow's Peak from Mr. Uh, Plow. <laughs> I, bet, I bet you're right. Oh, my God, that mountain, the way Je- he's like, yeah, that's the one. Just to the right of the one you're looking at. <laughs> and uh. I just realized upon hearing these clips again that Homer never agrees to this. Bart ties him up and they're like, you're doing this. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, okay. Well, I like that it stays in touch with the core story is that Homer wants Bart to be proud of him. And now that pride has become too powerful and is endangering Homer's life. I, it keeps an emotional core in this episode around all the very silly uh, health and mountain climbing jokes. <laughs> And it's kind of funny because it. Um, my wife was uh, pointing this out this morning when I had this on, that uh, here we are in season nine. You can sort of start to see some, you know, plot ideas kind of informing these newer episodes. Like this is, you know, he's trying to impress Bart or whatever. So this is him kind of jumping the gorge again. Mm. Uh, like you guys have mentioned, this is another him losing weight situation. And also this is like the, the power sauce guys, their angle is, oh, or the new angle when, when Rainier Wolfcastle uh, turns them down. Their new angle is, oh, wow, it's like an average Joe guy doing this, which is the exact motivation of uh, NASA when he yeah. when he goes to space. Oh, yeah, yeah. you're right, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, this is when malaise can kind of set in for a show, even when it's still funny, like this episode's really funny, but you can see repeated situations because there's there's right. only so many dramatic situations to put sitcom characters into like and especially when you have the same comedy writers like they're funny people but they 
you know, the same things are funny to them all the time. It is funny right. that 20 years ago the characters were asking themselves, haven't we done this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, though once, I think that's the danger that we'll see as we go on with these seasons, that if you ask that too much, you're making the audience ask that, yeah. and they're going to start losing faith in you guys. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> My in-canon explanation of that multiple mountain is that they did, just last episode, move Springfield five miles down the road after the trash uh, thing so maybe oh, right. this, is, this is a new mountain co- uh, compound behind i buy it i buy it <laughs> uh but yes we come back from break to the longest third act in the show's history half of the show <laughs> and um it wouldn't be a classic schwarzwelder thing if there was an old-timey gags with abe and this whole story of abe's is so funny it contains my line of the show okay i well i just love that he he instead of being spot he's sponsored by the power sauce of his time canned flapjacks <laughs> i love that in oil <laughs> and in oil specifically in oil but let's give the line of the show jingle here before we play it to uh this abe's story that's the joke okay mountain climbing supplies rope ice axe heart medicine john don't go up that mountain you'll die up there just like i did <laughs> you did sure <laughs> it was the winter of 28 the butter baby flapjack company sponsored me and a fella named McAllister. we were almost to the top when we ran low on supplies heroically i gave him the last short stack then that glory hog took all the supplies and headed for the top alone I fell 8,000 feet onto a pile of jagged rocks. Of course, folks were tougher in those days. I was jitterbugging that very night. But that skunk McAllister was never seen again. My line of the show is the cut from Grandpa falling in the past, him saying, I fell 8,000 feet onto a pile of jagged rocks. <laughs> Just that uh, made me laugh so hard. <laughs> 8,000 feet. I also love Homer's reaction like, you... Did <laughs> and uh, just uh, about it. I'm just up front saying I died on that mountain. Yes, god damn it, that's very funny. <laughs> the whole the whole uh, sequence and yeah. Though this is a uh, when you first hear this gag, you never think it's going to come back as something because you just think like, well, this is a crazy Abe line. Yeah, like right. Parts Abe, of this story were true, <laughs> which is shocking in any way that it was at all true. But uh, god damn. His story is so great. I and just... one of my like favorite running gags on this show is just like the whatever the exact age of Abe Simpson is, you know, the mm. years in which he's doing things as a full grown adult. Uh, I just love how they're they just flip flop that all over time basically if this happened in 1928 he has to be a hundred in 1998 yeah yeah exactly uh but uh well his 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 age is question mark as we've uh, previously established god only knows god only knows that's right (laughs) yeah uh but but homer is uh, i also love the gag i only caught it this time Homer saying heart medicine. If someone needs heart medicine, they should not be climbing a mountain. That's such a great little gag. The, but Homer Homer isn't afraid, and he has a hat with ear flaps, so he knows he's going to be okay. I guess, I mean, he's had, like, several heart attacks, a triple mm-hmm. bypass surgery, or quadruple bypass? No, triple. Um, Marge triple classified bypass. it, yes, though Marge classified it as a quadruple by the time she he went on the roller coaster in uh, Park Carney, and he did have that... 
a massive heart attack uh, at the end of Little Lisa's slurry as yeah, well. That's right. So yeah, he's. I mean, Homer's a death store at all times. Honestly, the amount of exercise he did should be impossible for his heart in the condition it's in. Right. Exactly. Yeah, he should not be able to scale this. <laughs> he would have died the second night of doing it. But, uh, uh, but not a fun story. <laughs> but yes, uh, Homer is. Uh, Homer's about to climb the mountain, and Power Sauce Bar is there. And when he reaches the top, Mr. Simpson here will plant this Power Sauce flag as an eternal symbol of man's contempt for nature. Hmm. Wait, is contempt the word I want here? Homer, you're the world's greatest hero. Do you owe it all to Power Sauce? That's right, Brad and Neil. I only eat Power Sauce. The bar with applesaucicity. Has anyone mentioned that Homer doesn't know anything about mountain climbing? And that this is all crazy? Well, yes, a number of people, but don't worry. We're sending two Sherpas along as guides. Goodbye, everyone. Don't touch my stuff. Dad, wait. You're not risking your life just to impress me, are you? Well... Yeah. Oh, cool. Now get going. Chop, chop. <laughs> <laughs> Remember our agreement. He can't fail. So the Sherpas are speaking an actual language, correct? Yes. Phonetically. I, yeah. I, I mean, they're being played by, I think, Harry and Dan. They are. But, or Hank, I think, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Harry and Hank. But yeah, they, they went to the trouble of finding whatever language that is they are speaking and getting a translation. They they tell a funny story that they called producers on a movie that featured Sherpas. <laughs> and uh, they were like, oh, we just made it up. You got to call somebody else. <laughs> that's, that's funny, actually, because I was wondering that today. Is that? Uh, is there an actual thing here? What are we saying? They, you know, these these Sherpas are quite a stereotype, but yeah. I do appreciate that they went to the trouble of getting the real language like that that i do like or, or seemingly the real language i cannot confirm that <laughs> to, to be true since Sherpa like, listeners let yeah. us know <laughs> uh i also like that homer refers to them collectively as brad and neil he doesn't oh, say yeah. that's right brad he says that's right brad and neil <laughs> <laughs> i love brad and neil actually by the end of this i was like they should have been the next troy mcclure these guys should have appeared in more stuff but i mean uh you know brandon frazier especially not very available uh, after 19 19- 98, I don't think. And Steven Weber are about to star in Sour Grapes. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys it want- is funny, though, because they, they are sort of that nice, like, inoffensive kind of character. Like, they're just kind of sleazy enough, but it's mm. not terrible. And you could see them sort of coming back and you know, there's another scam or there's another yeah. shitty product that they're hawking or something. So that's a good point. It could have been a nicer recurring gag. They're not trying to kill Homer. No. In fact, the deal <laughs> is he doesn't die. <laughs> but their pitchman lines are so funny and that works for... Uh, Simpsons love to make fun of products that don't need to exist and they're aggressive pitch people. So yeah. uh, Brad and Neil would have really fit in. But yeah, they just... Uh, the, neither of the guys were that available. Did you, I forgot to mention, did you guys watch The the Shining that he was in? I, I did not. Oh, I absolutely did. That was a hardcore uh, taped-off TV situation. <laughs> I've seen that movie multiple times. Wow, wow. I, I, as I recall, Stephen King put, pushed it as, this is the better adaptation because it's truer to the book. Yeah, and what's kind of funny is you see uh, why... It's totally fine that Kubrick strayed from the source material. <laughs> uh, when you're watching these fucking 
garbage. I don't remember if it was CGI. I think it was these animatronic hedge animals, uh. you know, sort of chasing down Rebecca de Mornay and stuff like that. <laughs> it's not great, but I think it's a totally fine. Um, I was a big king head in the 90s, so, you know, mm. I was sort of easily pleased. But it's a, it's an okay uh, Stephen King uh, movie. I remember the big source for me was twofold because, I, like I said, I was a big king head, a big horror head. Um, but also, man, Rebecca De Mornay, look out below. <laughs> this was the era, though, of all those very, very long ABC Stephen King miniseries, like mm. The Stand and It and The Tommyknockers and The Langoliers. Yeah. And oh, this. The Langoliers, that's yeah. another one that I had taped off TV, mainly because, uh, two reasons, well, I guess three, aforementioned Kinghead, two, uh, Bronson Pinchot that's right. as the villain, Wow. Craig Toomey. Uh, and then I can't remember the actress's name, but she is uh, the wife in the City Slickers movies who I also had a huge crush on at the time. <laughs> See, I, the only one of those I watched was The Stand, and it actually terrified me too much that I didn't want to watch the others because uh, the apocalypse really scared me. As it, Before 2000, I was like, the apocalypse comes in 2000. This is a preview of what's really going to happen. Oh. If they can make The Hobbit into, what, four movies? Three. Three movies. It they can make The Stand like into, like, uh, let's say, five movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> five. Yeah. Well, I'm, is that with uh, is Gary Sinise in that movie? He is, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think for the stand, they uh, left behind, ate their lunch, like they can't. Uh, mm. That got to the theaters first, you know. Even though they made, he wrote the stand way before that, left behind garbage, right? <laughs> Which they made like that's been a movie twice: the Kirk Cameron movies, in quote, and then Nicholas Cage, Cage started yeah. a real movie of it. Oh yeah. right, God, I never saw that though. Oof. Never uh, buy a castle. No. <laughs> <laughs> don't buy a castle. It seems uh, cool, but then you're left behind. The you remake. Have to keep doing this shit. Uh, but I, I also love that that Brad says show man's contempt for nature, and then he makes sure like I is contempt the right word? Just nods. Yep, yep. Yeah. It's supposed to be contempt. <laughs> and I, I like too that they double undercut their own story here of Marge saying it is insane that Homer would be doing this. He should not be doing this. It's like people are saying that. Yes. <laughs> and and then then Bart has what would be the normal sitcom ending of you don't have to do this to impress me, Dad. But instead he insists he must do this to impress him. <laughs> I love that. So then there's the little gag of Homer getting only about 10 feet high and using all the oxygen. <laughs> That's a great gag, but that feels like the more natural commercial break gag, right? Yeah, they could have like messed around with the pacing of this episode mm -hmm. in terms of editing. Though I'd hate to go away from that mountain joke. The three mountains yeah. joke is really good to end a commercial. I like on. that one act is all mountain stuff. Yeah. Mountain yeah. climbing stuff. Well, it's also just such a great gag with the tanks too, because like, where are they keeping that many yeah. tanks? It's just it's so funny. <laughs> and uh, Homer then calls into Bart later. He finds out that he only has four vertical miles left to go, <laughs> an insane height. Like the uh, so Mount Everest is the highest point in the world, but it's not the tallest mountain. Is that K two? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And and that one is over six vertical miles high. So. Wow. That, yeah. But it's just lower at sea level, so that's why Mount Everest takes you to the top of the world. But uh if you if you if you're all about climbing high, you get more at K2. I will tell you that uh the brief period where I actually used Tinder 
everybody's photo was of them on top of a mountain with their hands in the air. So if you <laughs> climb a mountain, there will be a single person up there ready to date. Ready. They might be poly. So. They, uh, they usually are. <laughs> if they're on Tinder uh, these, in the Bay Area. Yeah. <laughs> no uh, judgment, no judgment. No, no sorry. I, uh, but yes, the, uh, the Sherpas then are just dragging Homer around as he sleeps. That's the secret of it, which there's some great visual gags there. Somehow Homer's sleeping through being dragged on cold mountain rocks. <laughs> Homer is dragged at least three times in this episode, either by a creature, by a human, or just by inertia and gravity. That's uh, that's probably why he can sleep through it. He's so used to being dragged around. The, uh, There's the I love the gag of they have they have him sort of dangling as they're sort of taking him around like a difficult narrow you know ledge or whatever, and the mountain lion is like pawing at it. That's so good. Yeah, they and that how hard these Sherpas are working. And that when they when he wakes up, he's like, boy, I got so high with that. I don't even know how. <laughs> and then he's kicking them awake. And I just yes. love it. He's like, does he need to kick us? God, you lazy Sherpas. His, his toes will freeze off. He doesn't learn their names either. The The, the show doesn't want to yeah. know their names either. So. so then we get the power sauce update, which is also my line of the show. Like every word of this is so great. It's, it's almost... Uh, in the second one, it verges on Orwellian how much it's espousing power sauce propaganda. <laughs> wow, look how far I climbed, and I'm not even tired. Wake up, you lazy Sherpas. We've got a mountain to climb. Tiki nila, doktok giamongoy. Tiki kangbe, teptok tilumkitok. This Power Sauce news break is brought to you by Power Sauce. Get sauced with Power Sauce. Neil? Our top story. Homer Simpson has just power sauced his way past the halfway point of the murder horn. Brad, could Homer have made it this far without the engineered nutrition of six kinds of apples? No way, Neil. Oh, this just in. Power Sauce is amazing. <laughs> Uh, oh God! This just he power sauced his way up the mountain. Power sauce is a verb. It's so good, Fuck. so funny. God, and that they they just have this TV time. I mean, it reminds me of uh, you know the commercials that were pretending to be like updates on a sports show or like the yeah. the halftime yep. show. God damn it! It's so funny. I mean, just power sauce and Brad and Neil. They work hard. They're making the business decisions and they're hosting the shows. They are brand ambassadors. <laughs> they were influencers before their time. That's true. And yeah, power sauce is amazing. And the power sauce logo that it's a wimpy guy holding an apple yeah. that is then struck by lightning and turns to a buff arm holding a power sauce bar. So good. Six kinds of apples. <laughs> Fuck, it's so funny. I a power. Saw should have made more appearances in the show too. I think uh, that should absolutely have, should have been like their next Buzz Cola or whatever, Crusty Bars. I guess it's maybe a thing where like this this whole stunt, you know, and paying for all that airtime, you know, maybe it just sort of busted Power Sauce Inc. and they had to fold. Yeah, you know what? When Homer dumps Power Sauce, it's probably like that was our last uh, of our budget. We we spent all right. this money on his <laughs> on his march up that mountain. God damn it. So uh, Homer then wakes up to see that he has been dragged around and he's he's not been uh, climbing this whole time and he comes to a fateful decision. What the, hey, you guys are dragging me up the mountain. Brad and Neil were quite insistent you not die. <laughs> Frankly, we don't care. So nobody believes I can do this, huh? 
Well, my son does, and I'm not going to let him down. I'm going to climb this entire mountain on my own. Then technically, shouldn't you go back down and start all over? Shut up! <laughs> you are so fired! Homer <laughs> <laughs> Simpson here. I've sent the Sherpas home, and I'm heading for the top. Solo! Are you crazy? You'll never make it! The hell I won't. You're forgetting I've got my power sauce bars. Wake up, Homer. Those bars are just junk. They're made of apple cores and Chinese newspapers. <laughs> hey, Deng Xiaoping died. Homer, listen to me. <laughs> Turn back now. Forget it. I'll be at the top by noon. Over and out. I know I didn't know who Deng Xiaoping was in 1997. No way. Or 98. No. He died in February 97. Yeah. So those are old newspapers. <laughs> yeah, but just not even year fresh. Old, yeah. Not even fresh newspapers for power sauce bars. I like. I the- think. I, I mean, I don't know if I'm picking one here, but I, I feel like that's my joke <laughs> yeah. of the episode, just because that it so reminds me of what I always appreciated about quote unquote golden era of the show was when they would make those jokes that those jokes aren't for anybody you know what i mean like Mm. those jokes are those are jokes for the writers and (laughs) just making those references to yeah the obscure former leader of china that nobody remembered that guy's name (laughs) like i just love that and it's one of the reasons that attracted me to this show it just those those such absurd references (laughs) that you know like yeah they didn't care like yeah go go and look it up later if you want to um (laughs) you know oh my god just oh den Ping died and the and the joke on top of that that like Homer knows that and he's kind of like upset by it a little bit it's just all so perfect <laughs> it's the news is finally yeah. hitting him and the implication seems to be if these are Chinese newspapers I mean are they in English I don't think so so is Homer <laughs> reading this uh, in Mandarin yes like, exactly I like him having just a small happy moment of learning something yeah you know while he's in this perilous situation like oh okay cool uh, it, I didn't know that it harkens back to the Homer who knows every Supreme Court justice yeah like that the the specific in intelligence of Homer, I love that gag. And that his what is the gag where he has the line like, "Oh, not Souter." Oh uh, yeah, God. So, uh, and it's just like, yeah, like he knew Justice Souter. Like I just, oh God, yeah. Those things are what made me fall in love with the show one hundred and ten percent. And and also the line too that like it it shows that not only is it secretly Chinese newspaper, but how can it be a secret when you can pull out a headline from your power sauce bar? (laughs) Uh, It's just got, it's also such a great construction of that joke. Those are prizes. (laughs) The easy, the easy gag is to just say, I, uh, it's made out of Chinese newspaper. Like as a filling, that's just a funny thing to say. But to live in that reality of what that means, yes. that yeah. is the extra work. They're so the poorly season. made that you can actually just pull pieces out yes. and read yeah. them. <laughs> I also do love the line of like Brad and Neil were quite insistent that you not die. Like that, <laughs> that's such a funny line to give the Sherpas, and and also the ease with which they cartwheel down the mountain in celebration. Yeah, I love vertically, that. and their great point to Homer of like. Well, you didn't really climb it by yourself. We dragged you. Shut like, up. <laughs> seven. I would seemingly think Homer got dragged 90% of the way up the mountain. That's that's my assumption. And uh, yeah, now Homer loses all faith in power sauce. He only has faith in himself now. Uh, that's why he never eats power sauce again after this episode. Right. <laughs> uh, but then we get our, again, very Orwellian message on power sauce updates. 
Homer Simpson, defying all medical advice, has switched to Power Sauce's arch rival, the Vita Peach Health Log. Doctors say he may not have the mega nutrients needed to stave off death. Oh, Dad's gonna die, and it's all my fault. I really need a good talking to. Don't worry, kids. Your father will be okay as long as he's with those Sherpas. Uh, Mom? <laughs> and the Sherpas are hitchhiking back to Nepal. And Lisa gets her one line. Yeah. Uh, she said uh, she reflected on his arms or his legs. She okay. said that, too. That's all that she... Well, as Mike Reese, uh, a former executive producer of the show, told us and mentioned in his book, John Swartzwelder is one of their favorite writers, but an odd duck in who one of his odd things is that he would rarely write jokes for Marge and Lisa. They'd have to add those into his scripts. He just... I, I, I don't think he's much for the lady. He's But this uh, this cover-up, the Power Sauce Company yeah. is performing right now. We've always shady. been at war with Eurasia. That's <laughs> Our enemies at Vita Peach. I love the Vita... They're killing this man. <laughs> The Vita Peach Health Log. That's health so log, health log is so great. And actually, I was thinking, just listening to that clip, it reminds me of like, it's sort of like this, both Power Sauce and the Vita Peach Health Log are like proto fruit leather, which we love eating now. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Which I think is, it's a very disgusting snack. Mm. But when I think of, the, especially the Vita Peach Health Log, that's just it's gross fruit leather. I feel like you have to carve a piece off of it before you mm. eat it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, my equivalent of the power sauce bars these days are those uh, fiber one bars, which, look, I should just be eating more fibrous foods or putting fi- or taking fiber supplements. But what if instead it was a bunch of sugar and chocolate that had 10 grams of fiber in it? Isn't that better? Mine are protein <laughs> bars with a very similar power sauce logo. Yes, yeah. I, you know, Cliff Bars are a little nicer. Like, they're lower impact. Like, they're not as in your face as power And there's sauce. a guy climbing a damn mountain on them. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do when I eat these Cliff Bars. <laughs> it's also just kind of like a nice illustration, you know? I always like yeah. looking at that guy. Like, that guy's got a good life. Mm. <laughs> What's his story, you ask? yourself you don't do that with fiber one exactly yeah as i as i root through all of the cliff bars <laughs> looking for the peanut butter chocolate one his story is he's getting ready to take a dating site selfie on top of the mountain <laughs> uh, i the uh, the other weird ADR line in this episode is Bart's. I really need a good talking to. Like yeah, that. what is that joke? I don't. I don't. Understand. That doesn't play at all, uh, right? That's so weird. And there's a strange beat after it of just I, silence with yeah. Bart. Yeah. Well, and his mouth movements are so off, so it makes me think it's a replacement line, which like. I don't know. I have to think the previous line was funnier than that because that was just, I guess it's a kind of statement on like, I should be punished or whatever. I yeah. I don't understand. And it also kind of just loses Bart's emotionality instantly. Is like, oh no, I've doomed dad to death. Oh well. And he never talks about it again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Homer is uh, climbing all on his own and he's feeling a little lightheaded. Uh, oh, air's getting thin. But I'm going to make it. Ooh, getting lightheaded. Good. No heavy head to carry. Wait, I'll just take that escalator. <laughs> it's a return to the land of chocolate, really. It's very land of yes, chocolate. It's yeah. the land of lack of oxygen. <laughs> but it's funny. It's yeah. Even if it's similar to land of chocolate. We get a nice uh, King Kong shot of the Yeti, too, yes. when he picks up Homer. I love he's drawn like a bumble from the... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. he definitely is. <laughs> and then when he wakes up, 
He's again being just dragged down the mountain. Yes, yeah. Homer is dragged three times in this episode. I love it. The little trickles of blood on him are yeah. like they're they're the most disturbing part of it. And it's a nice gag that kind of reminds me of and it's a similar thing where the joke is coming out of a dream sequence. I don't remember what the episode is, but he falls asleep at the wheel and he has that great uh dream about like riding on the bed and whatever, and then it's like oh. him on a bed on the road, and we come back to reality and it's like the car. <laughs> And he's dragging part of a fence behind him. That's Lisa's pony, yeah. yeah. That's a great dream oh sequence. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah, because he's working nights to afford the horse. Yeah, oh, yeah. my God. He's, it's such a great visual <laughs> gag. Uh, he's clearly... so. I mean, that comes from the writers not sleeping any and being tired. <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing a tuxedo in this, right? Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. And a top hat. I like uh, as all the ways he's being moved up the mountain are very clever. I mean, the bumble hugging him and like... Like that's very dancing with him. <laughs> yes, yeah, and uh, yeah, he he ends in a bubble, singing the song to himself, and then waking up. And that's also when he he loses his walkie-talkie at that point too, which. I guess technically that's sort of a plot point, but whether he has a walkie-talkie or not, the last scene doesn't really. Nobody yeah, I ever forgot says about that. we've lost contact. Yeah. With him. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah, you're totally right. They already assume he's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but so Homer gets to the top, seemingly, but he sees that it keeps going into the sky, and he just it's it's too far. He has to give up. I that the 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 peak is unclimbable. That there's no easy vantage point to it. You know that makes sense. I and then he has. A very funny bit of reflecting on at least he's not going to freeze to death, and then seeing a frozen corpse that had frozen to death. Homer learns something from this here corpse. Last entry. I have mountaineered to the utmost, but the peak is unclimbable. Worse still, that treacherous skunk Abe Simpson stole my oxygen and tried to eat my left arm. Still dead. Tell my beloved wife my last thoughts were of her. Blinding and torturing Abe Simpson. <laughs> Cheerio. Oh, my dad's a disgrace, just like Bart's dad. Me. <laughs> uh, it's another one of those weird linguistic jokes I like where yeah. uh, you did, and <laughs> yes. this one too. I just a fun curveball, uh, just like Bart's dad. Me. <laughs> and, and also, like, my last thoughts are of her blinding and torturing Abe Simpson. <laughs> like, not even, like, he could have said killing Abe Simpson, but yeah. the specificity of, like, not just torturing, but blinding him. Yeah. Like, that's horrifying. <laughs> so now we get to find out that Abe pretty much killed a guy. Like, through, I mean, through stranding him. It's not like he strangled him to death, but left a man to die. He stranded him, yeah, and also resorted to cannibalism before that man died. <laughs> yes, took a bite out of him and stole all his stuff, so he would definitely freeze to death. I mean, that's manslaughter, I think. That is a perfectly that's, cartoonish yeah. bite out of his, uh, it's like a piece of cake or something. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I forgot to mention, too, that McAllister is, uh, that is the name of Captain McAllister, the sea captain, so maybe that's mm, his, like, grandfather. Could be. Or, oh, right. Or yeah. father. Weird. McAllister's pretty old, but uh, they they remark on the commentary too how funny it is that Homer goes like ah dead body let's read that diary he goes straight <laughs> to it. hey we got like two minutes left yeah <laughs> uh, and so. Homer is about to give up. He then plants his flag, which knocks off the top of the mountain, which 
Uh, they say that Brian Scully came up with that very late in the game as the, and they were just so happy. They're like, Oh, thank God. An ending. Like we've left Homer at the top of this mountain. What the fuck do we do? (laughs) And so the idea that he basically trimmed the mountaintop and made it shorter to then be at the top that that's very clever. I like that a lot. So in season eight, they ride a rocket house down a mountain. This is very rocket house. Season nine. Oh, wow. Totally. It's a non-rocket corpse. Yeah. Yeah, but their reactions are pretty much the same, and and the setting too. It's of got the no snow breaks. The, <laughs> uh, but yes, the Homer uh, is seemingly doomed. Hey, wait a minute! I'm on the top. I actually did it. I climbed the unclimbable mountain. Bow down before me, everyone, for I am your king. <laughs> Family to dad. Family to dad. Come in, dad. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's dead, little girl. Here, have a power sauce bar. It's on the house. Hey, something's <laughs> coming down the mountain fast. Oh, no. He fell. I can't look. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> they do a great job of hiding that corpse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, oh, and that's when Lisa gets one more line. I forgot she's she's gonna. Uh, but but before that, I Marge's reaction is almost a little too real. Of like, I can't. He's falling. I can't yeah. look like that. Is what a wife would say to seeing the death of her husband. He's seemingly <laughs> falling to his death. Yeah, <laughs> down a mountain. And you can almost feel that, like um, Julie Kavner in the recording covers her eyes with her. F- yeah, you can hear it. Yeah, yeah. It's really it's really good. It's really, really good. Uh, you know, that extra acting from Julie there on Marge. But uh, yeah, the, the final line from Brad is just to assure a child that her father <laughs> is dead. Like, he's dead. But he's at least giving with the free power sauce bars. <laughs> That's such a great joke, too. On the house. As if there would be another scenario in where he's charging her for yeah. that power <laughs> sauce bar. But because your dad's dead, it's free. Oh, my God. It's so funny. <laughs> Uh, but yes, Homer. Homer has survived, and we get to see a a grisly corpse sled revealed. Oh, homie, you're alive! Oh, Marge, I never thought you'd see me again. Where in the world did you find a sled on top of the? <laughs> <laughs> We're too late. He's dead. <laughs> it looks like someone tried to eat him. What are you looking at me for? You're all crazy. Crazy as a... Okay, here's what I think happened. (laughs) Runs away. Did you make it to the top, Dad? Huh, did you? Why don't you tell me, son? See any interesting flags up there? All I see is a pole. Maybe the flag fell off. (laughs) Ah, damn it! (laughs) Forget about it, Homer. You made it to the top. You're the coolest dad ever. Thanks, Bart. That makes it all worthwhile. Is that your wallet? Don't! Good line to go out on. I do like the symbolism, too, that he... uh, You completely forget about the capture of the flag by the time he pulls it back out. But the flag that had humiliated him so much before is now the source of pride. You know what? I did not connect that until you said it. That's how far away. That's what happens when the third act is so long, you forget the first act. Like, oh yeah, capture the flag led us here. Yeah, It's also just one of those nice uh, moments where it's like Homer had the foresight to bring something that reminded him of Bart. You know, it's a, it's those nice, like, uh, fatherly gestures they give him once in a blue moon. 
But I also like the reality of it is that Homer did not tie it on well and the wild <laughs> winds knocked it off already. <laughs> Though how can Marge see his wallet? That's uh, that's very small. <laughs> I, I don't believe it's that. Good binoculars. <laughs> it's such a great gag that a- Abe's teeth fall perfectly into the bite to, <laughs> yeah. to reveal that it was him. Oh, that's great. Though why do these people even know his relationship to this guy? <laughs> everybody looks at him like they didn't. Did everybody in Springfield hear the, hear the story that he climbed the mountain? Abe is being very suspicious. I guess so. Yeah, but uh, and and he just runs away and has no punishment for seemingly the reveal of the uh, helping murder this man. <laughs> the running the away also is another just favorite Simpsons gag of mine. Like, how do we get out of this situation? We'll just have him run. Either <laughs> like the best of that is whenever it's a you hear a door slam and a car peel out. Yeah. But like this is this is also just as great. Not saying anything and just turning tail and running. It uh, it made me think running away solved more of your problems because it does on the show. In a way, you don't have to write a joke, but it's also very funny for the character <laughs> yes. to do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, that was a really funny episode that yeah. uh, is a little uneven maybe and also like really, uh, really long third act in pacing wise, but pretty much just ton of funny, like very Swartzweldery jokes and with two really good guest stars who honestly could have just been Hank and Harry in the same roles, but still they, they did a good job. I think. Yeah. We're reaching the end of season nine, a very long season and they normally run out of energy towards the end of the season. Mm. This is a very fun episode, yeah. a very punchy. I love all of the, uh, the fun gags in it and also just the fun wordplay they get out of these characters, but power sauce would not make a return. I did check uh. not even like one cameo. So it, it just limited to this episode. Brad and Neil would expire forever Ooh. and no power sauce. So, yes. We've seen the first and last of power sauce. I want a power sauce jacket. Those are cool jackets. They're very they, nice. They honestly look like Simpsons crew jackets. I'm going to say the yeah. exact same thing. Yeah, yeah like the Simpsons Letterman jackets. Uh, uh, Andrew, any final thoughts on this episode? You know, it's funny. When we were trying to like pinpoint what episode uh, you know, I, I would come on for, I was sort of like bumming, like, oh man, like the we're in like the back half of, uh, half of uh, season nine now, you know. And I know that uh, my uh, We Hit Movies cohort, Steve Sadak, got to be on one of my all-time faves, Homer Simpson versus the City of New York. Uh. Um, so I was like, all right, like whatever, whatever you guys got left, like let's just do one. And this was just an episode, you know. When I do my rewatches, I I have the first. 10 seasons on DVD and I'll either revisit there or sometimes like mix and match on Hulu. It's kind of easier to make a Simpsons episode mixtape on on Hulu if I'm watching it that way. But I was actually, I just have to say, pleasantly surprised. I totally forgot the really solid jokes that are in this. I remembered the episode. I remembered Power Sauce and him climbing the mountain and everything, but I didn't remember the specific jokes. It had been a while since I watched it. And I was just pleased to see that, you know, season nine, episode 23, uh, we're still chugging along with some really solid writing here. So it was nice, a nice revisit on an episode that honestly I would kind of probably skim over when I'm making my, you know, Simpsons mixtapes like I do mm-hmm. every so often. Yeah, awesome. looking forward to uh, Disney Plus opening up all the Simpsons to everyone so they can mm-hmm. see it's worth going beyond season eight. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Andrew, you're our special guest today. We'll do our plugs once we're off the air with you. Can you tell our listeners about We Hate Movies, although they should know about it yeah. by now? Come on, people. But in case they don't, what is We Hate Movies and where can they find it and uh, support your Patreon? 
Cool. Yeah, so totally. Uh, we Hate Movies is a show I host. Uh, new episodes every Tuesday. We're a comedy podcast where we take a movie, you, you know, usually generally a quote-unquote bad movie, um, but we've done some some favorites of ours over the years as well. Uh, and we use that movie as a jumping-off point for just a, an improvised conversation. We'll kind of take you through the movie, sort of like we did here today with this episode. Um, go off on personal tangents, make some uh, really bad celebrity impressions, mm-hmm. come up with, uh, you know... A, characters of our own and so on um i i do the show with uh, three other guys uh, steven sadak christopher cabin and eric siska and we also have a patreon uh, patreon.com slash we hate movies and on there we sort of offer uh, additional bonus shows we have a show called the nexus where it's us going through uh star trek the original series and star trek the next generation uh, we do an episode a piece each episode of that show we cover one of each show uh animation damnation is a show where we uh, sort of lampoon bad uh, 80s and 90s cartoons uh, and we also offer um, syncable commentaries on there we have one coming out fairly soon uh, the end of June we're gonna we're gonna release a, a commentary on Independence Day Ooh, uh, nice. which was uh, a lot of fun to to lay down so yeah uh, com for the show we're on iTunes and all those places uh, and patreon.com slash we hate movies for the, the hearty paywall content that's on there <laughs> awesome well thank you so much again Andrew for coming on and doing the show yeah thank you guys this was really awesome any chance I can get to to talk about one of my all-time favorite shows, I will I would definitely jump at the chance. So happy to be here. So thanks again to Andrew Jupin. Please check out We Hate Movies. It's great. Uh, we love it. I've been listening since almost the very beginning. It's a fantastic bad movie podcast. But as for us, if you want to support our show and get all kinds of bonus podcasts, please go to patreon.com slash talking simpsons. For the low price of five bucks a month, you'll get all of our podcasts, including What a Cartoon and Talking Simpsons, one week ahead of time and ad-free. And you will also have access to almost two years worth of paywalled content at the $5 level. All of our exclusive miniseries and bonus episodes, including our most recent one, Talking of the Hill, our entire first season 13-episode exploration of King of the Hill. We also have a newish $10 tier. Henry, what's going on in that tier for the big spenders out there who want extra Extra, extra long podcasts. If you head up to the $10 level, you'll get to hear once a month our What a Cartoon Movie podcast, where me and Bob break down a different animated feature film in the same granular and fun talking Simpson style. It can go up to four hours yeah. long. And this month, you will get to hear Tiny Toons, How I Spent My Summer Vacation, the classic direct-to-video movie that we all loved as kids and is the best Tiny Toons stuff, at and, least animation-wise. And now it's direct-to-Hulu. So yeah. it's available to all. You can still see it. So please check that out. And uh, we'll be putting up a free preview of it very soon. But if you want to hear the whole thing, $10 a month at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons with all the previous ones available to you as well once you sign up. Again, that is patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. As for me, I've been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. Find me on Twitter as Bob Servo and check out my other podcast, Retronauts. That's a classic gaming podcast. Every Monday, occasionally on Friday, you have to go to retronauts.com or look for Retronauts in your podcast device and subscribe to it. If you like video games, you'll like Retronauts. Henry, how about you? You can follow me on Twitter at... H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Whenever new podcasts go live on the Patreon, you'll learn about them first there, as well as many other things that are cool in my life. H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Thank you so much for listening, folks. We'll see you next week with Lost Our Lisa. We'll see you then.
you, we borrowed that jar from your table. So you just shot your own mustard. Oh, nuts. 